Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters. Two pastors. One podcast. Here's what we're talking about today. Well, that's interesting. Well, good afternoon. My hands smell like onions, apparently. They do, but your (laughs) heart is like honey. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Here comes the dog. Yeah, he knows something's going on. Okay, so So it's late in the day. It's Monday afternoon. Mm -hmm. We are late to get on because um, I took Ellie back to UT this morning, left at 8, got home around noon. And then uh, I probably yeah. took our son out for a belated birthday present to someone, going to go see the latest Marvel movie, just got back. Yeah, so, so. you and Matthew took his friend yeah. to go see Ant-Man, which is something I don't really want to see. Yeah, well, I can give you the, the plot synopsis It's fine. Like. I don't, sure? we don't. We don't need All it. Right, well. We don't need it. But um, it was nice to have Elizabeth home this weekend. Yeah, it was great. It was great to have her. And we, got, we did a lot of things, and then we had a big basketball party mm-hmm. last night for the kind of a pre-team dinner because they're playing in the playoffs tonight yeah yeah first playoff and hopefully they'll go pretty far i mean i think they've won like their last 20 something games right yeah 23 i don't even know they've had a great season and so we're going to go to the san antonio tonight at seven for a game so we're just trying to hop on here quickly before making dinner Mm -hmm. and just a quick um update as well we will not have class on Wednesday because it's Ash Wednesday. That's right. So this coming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. And again, a reminder that uh, we won't have Crossways class this Wednesday. And when we do pick it up again on March 1st, it will be in the Family Life Center at 7 o'clock. Right, because so. we'll be having Lenten services. And then, okay, now we're going to have to get all off because then you're going to be out of town. And uh, we'll figure out the podcast. We'll figure it out. We'll figure, yeah. it out. we'll figure it out. We'll probably jump on and, and well, touch base. One but, week. Yeah, we'll figure yeah. it out. Okay. But anyways, um, yeah, so that's what's happening. If you are of the type who likes to give up something for Lent, mm-hmm. then you should be thinking about that because that's in two yep, days. In two or days. if you're the type that takes on something for Lent, we all know what type you are. Mm-hmm. I'm the give up. Yes. And yes. what are you giving up? Uh, I'm giving up alcohol and sweets, and then I'll be fasting once a week, probably on Fridays. Oh, Fridays you're doing? I thought we were doing Wednesdays. Uh, okay. Are we doing it together? Yeah. Well, okay. we did before. Wait, why are you doing, why did you choose Fridays? Because that's the day I do my sermon writing. And it's, uh, it's, you know, Friday, Good Friday is the day Jesus dies. It's a good day to fast. Well, right. But so Ash Wednesday is also a good day to fast. It and is. that's a Wednesday. Right. Okay. You're uh, doing Fridays. Well, I might do Wednesdays. We might be on different days this time. Okay. I don't know. We obviously, we'll we have not discussed this. Yes. We'll see what we can do together. Oh, well, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to do, um, alcohol as well. Yeah. But I thought thought about that today because when I took the boys to the movies, I uh, you know treated myself to a huge old over you know big old box of Junior Mints because I'm like you know what six weeks till I can have these puppies again. Okay, so, yeah, loved every last minute of it. Very good. Yep. Yes, you always get a little ambitious. For you give yeah, well, up this, so many. This things. time it's only three things, so that's not so bad. <laughs> it's so, a lot of things. Yeah, and I'm hoping in the process <laughs> to maybe give up like ten pounds of weight too. So we'll see what happens. Uh, well, but okay, but that's not the purpose of no, lunch. That's not the purpose. That's not but the I'm purpose of lunch. Be an added benefit. It's, yes, it probably so. will. It always is for you. Yep. But the purpose of lunch is spiritual, not physical. But it does. They they run into each other, don't they? They do. Yeah, they definitely do. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I can certainly, I'm looking forward to it. It's okay. been kind of a long season of. Indulgence. Of softness and flabbiness. And oh, I need the my lean, goodness. vigorous muscles of discipleship. <laughs> of Lent. Well, it, it really has been because we went on, you know, we went on a big cruise. Yeah. And I mean, well, it was the holidays. Then we went on a big cruise. And I mean, it, I feel the same way. So yeah. we must be disciplined. Absolutely. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. So that starts on Wednesday. Anyways, let's get into the content of this episode, which is what? 
Yeah, so this is Unit 20 in Crossways, finishing up uh, Book 2, and it's called Worship and War, which is a very unusual name. It took me the longest time to figure out why in the world he called this one Worship and War and what mm. he was doing with it. Okay. Uh, and then the light bulb went on as I was listening to him and preparing for it. Uh, and so for the previous three or four chapters, we had looked at the politics and history, mm -hmm. you know, the politics of... Uh, what was going on in the northern and southern kingdoms, uh, and then the history of uh, the empires round about them, Assyrians, Babylonians, Egyptians. Uh, but here's the focus and shifts to the spiritual. So mm -hmm. from the political to the spiritual, uh, and from the politics to the covenant. So that's really kind of where worship and war comes in, because both of those are tied into the land. Ah. Uh, and so, you know, in brief, right? So uh, God made a promise to Abraham. He said, leave, your, leave the land where you are now. Mm-hmm. Go to the land that I will show you, right? And mm -hmm. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless bless you and make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. Him who curses you, I will curse. Mm -hmm. So Abraham left, uh, and he just kind of started heading west, and he kept on marching until God said, this is it. This is the land right here, the promised land. Uh, and so Abraham immediately built a shrine, and that was the first of uh, several patriarchal shrines. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they all built their own shrines in the promised land. It was appropriate to worship God in any one of those. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, after that, you know, they were brought down to Egypt for about 400 years. And then God led them back, uh, the events of the Exodus and the events of the conquest. Uh, and when Joshua led them over the border of uh, the Jordan River into the Promised Land, the first thing they did was set up another shrine called Gilgal. And Joshua took some stones from the center of the, the Jordan River and he set them up as a memorial saying, remember what God has done for us. Uh, and then as they conquered the promised land, uh, they would set up shrines in various places. And uh, in the times of the judges, uh, there were shrines. There was a very famous shrine in Shiloh. Okay. Uh, so, for example, the uh, the tabernacle, you know, Eli, the young boy, is ministering in Shiloh. Mm -hmm. uh, and the point is that there's various places, various places in the promised land where God, uh, where God's people can worship him. And then that really changes uh, with David. You know, David is the one who first conquers Jerusalem and brings the Ark there. Uh, and then his son Solomon builds a temple for the Ark of the Covenant in Jerusalem. Uh, and with David, things really change. And so with David and Solomon, the focus goes from, you know, you can worship God at these various places in the Promised Land to, no, there's really only one place you can worship God in the Promised Land, and that's in Jerusalem at the temple. Okay. And then that becomes the measuring stick. So we spent a lot of time talking about that last couple of mm -hmm. lessons. That's the measuring stick for a good king for a bad king. Did they were did they lead the people to worship uh, the Lord God of Israel in the temple in Jerusalem? If so, they were good. If not, they were bad. Right. Uh, and over time, you know, there are more bad kings than good. And so finally, God punishes his people. And if you remember, God punishes his people by kicking them out of the land. Mm. Uh, and that's what he had. That's what he had said to them. You know, uh, all, going all the way back to the Sinai covenant. Even though God gave the promised land to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants forever. Mm -hmm. you know, this is the land that I will give you. Right. So, yet there's also this stipulation, but if you turn away from me, uh, if you depart from me, then I will kick you out of the land. Mm. Uh, and so that's exactly what happens. The people got kicked out of, of uh, the land, hauled off into exile. When they came back a few generations later, then the temple becomes even more important Right. Uh, because as we'll see, the people vowed and they said, never again, right? Never, ever again will we let this happen. And so the temple became really the, the focus of their identity mm -hmm. as a, a political people, a spiritual people, um, an ethnic people. It was all centered around worship in the temple. So that when Jesus Christ comes uh, and he begins to say things like, tear down this temple mm -hmm. and in three days I shall raise it up again. Right. Uh, it causes a great stir. 
you know. Yes. Uh, because Jesus claims to replace the temple. Uh, so we call him the cornerstone. You know, mm -hmm. he's the cornerstone of a new temple and that we are stones built up in that temple. And, and now instead of worshiping God at a particular place in the promised land, now we worship him in, in the church, which is the new temple, the body of Christ. Right. So that's kind of how, that's, that's sort of a brief, uh, fast overview of how people worship God in the land. Yeah, and it's starting in, all the way back to Abraham. Yeah. And it's really connected with, you know, the worship, that's, uh, that uh, worshiping God is connected with the land, and living in the land is connecting with worshiping God. And okay. if you don't do those two, you know, you, you get kicked out. Mm -hmm. So the war part comes in here, uh, because um, it, at the, the start of, uh, well, not quite the start of the Bible, but at the start of Exodus, uh, God is the one who fights for his people. Okay. And so that's really the, the theme behind the conflict with Pharaoh is that, you know, who's the strongest, uh, who's, who's the strongest kid on the block, so to speak. It's not Pharaoh, it's God. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Exodus 15, when the Lord leads them through the, um, the Passover, uh, the Passover, the Lord leads them through the Red Sea. Right. The people sing a song, uh, uh, sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into oh, the yeah. sea. Mm -hmm. This is our God and we will praise him. Mm -hmm. The Lord is a warrior. The man of war is his name. So God is the warrior who fights for his people. And he brings them into the promised land that through Joshua and the judges. Uh, but then in Kings, it kind of changes a little bit. And here it's not so much God fighting for his people as the kings mm -hmm. become God's champions. And so that's literally the case with David, you right. know, who's the champion with Goliath. Right. Uh, but then figuratively, it's the case with, uh, with, with uh, David, with Solomon, with the good kings like Josiah, Hezekiah, that through the kings, God fights for his people, gives them peace in the promised land, uh, extends and secures the border, that kind of thing. Uh, but then when God's people go away from him, then the whole concept of holy war really changes. And now holy war becomes God fighting against his people. Mm. Uh, and so that's what we're going to look at in the, in the spring, really, for the next 10 weeks, is the prophetic message. The prophets say, uh, repent, return to the covenant, because if you don't, uh, God will fight against you. Mm. Uh, and so the prophets often talk about how Assyria and Babylon are weapons yep. in God's hand, mm -hmm. tools in God's hand to punish and chastise his own people, to bring them to repentance. Right. Of course, they don't listen. Right. So they're finally hauled off into exile. When they come back, once again, they say, never, never again mm -hmm. will this happen to us. Mm -hmm. they the, done that. Yeah. And here the concept of holy war changes yet again, uh, where now holy war becomes, becomes this idea that God will fight for us against all the other people. Okay. And so instead of you know God using those people to fight against us, right. it's now God fights for us against everybody else. And so this is the concept of you know there's the Jews and the Gentiles, and God will, uh, when the Messiah comes, he's going to conquer the Gentiles and kick them out of the promised land and subdue them and make them bow down at his feet, that kind of thing. And then when Jesus comes, you know one of the expectations people have of Jesus is that he will be this conquering yes. Messiah. Right. Who will kick out the nations the big nation of course being rome mm -hmm. you know who will kick rome out of the promised land and conquer rome and bring peace to the whole world that kind of thing and that's not at all what jesus right. does you know jesus has put away your sword uh, and when the the apostles try to save him in the garden of gethsemane and peter cuts off the the priest's slave's ear mm -hmm. you know jesus rebukes peter and then heals the man's ear right. so clearly he's not a military figure but here in the New Testament, holy war then becomes a battle between God and the devil. Right. So God and the devil fighting for not only his people, mm -hmm. God's people, but fighting for all people. 
Right. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Uh, and so here the concept is, you know, God fighting against the devil, sin, death, and the devil for the hearts and minds and souls of people. And the mission of the church is to spread this good news of God's victory, that in Jesus Christ, uh, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, God has won the victory. The battle is ours. Uh, and to spread that good news uh, worldwide, which will come to its end, come to its consummation uh, at the end of times, the last day, mm -hmm. which is depicted as a great battle, right. the battle of Armageddon, mm -hmm. uh, with Jesus leading the hosts of heaven and finally destroying and subduing uh, the devil and his uh, minions. Mm. So you have this idea of worship and war, right? That, uh, that to be faithful to God is to worship him, and to be faithful to God is to worship him first in the land yeah. and then through Jesus Christ. Uh, and that when we don't, and that when, uh, when we are with God, when we are uh, faithful to God, he protects us, he fights for mm -hmm. us. Uh, but when we are not faithful to him, you know, he can fight against us, right. so to speak. Right. Um, and so that's, that's how the concepts change. But now, it, but now it's spiritual in nature is what you said. Now it's spiritual in nature. So right. it's the idea of the, like, Ephesians 6 type exactly. idea. And I think you ended with that, didn't you? I did. The yeah. armor of God, yeah. which are um, spiritual weapons. Yeah. And so Paul explicitly says, you know, for our battle is not against flesh, flesh and, and blood, blood, but against the powers, the principalities, the forces of darkness mm -hmm. in the heavenly realms. Uh, and so, yeah, our battle is a spiritual battle, mm -hmm. uh, but it's still a holy war right. in that sense. Uh, and so what we're doing with this one is two things, is that we're setting up uh, the next book, book three. Uh, which is the prophets. And so we just went through the history of the kingdoms of Israel. You know, their sad political history of how they turned away from God. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we're going to review that same, those same centuries, but from the perspective of the prophets. And we'll hear God calling his people back to himself. And we'll hear God warning his mm -hmm. people, if you don't repent, I will send the Assyrians and the, and the Babylonians against you. Of course, they don't listen. So are we doing every prophet? Yes, we're doing all the prophets. Of course, it's not, and some prophets, you know, some of the minor prophets will do three or four. Three at a time. Uh, at a time. Yeah. You know, um, but it, it's, it's, it's important, though, to understand the, the history of what's going on so that when you come to Isaiah, for example, right. you know who the kings were in Isaiah's day, yeah. you know what the lay of the land was in Isaiah's day, but you also understand this, this spiritual approach that God is trying to call his people back to be faithful to him. Okay. So that's kind of where we're headed. And mm. then, you know, there's a little glimpse ahead all the way to next year uh, when we look at the Gospels uh, and how when Jesus comes, he really transforms all of these things, uh, transforms what it means to worship God faithfully yeah. and transforms what it means to uh, fight, the fight the Lord's battles. Right. So. Well, it's kind of interesting because we're studying Acts, you know, on Wednesday mornings. And a lot of these things are coming up because... A lot of times in Acts, there's so many speeches, you know? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And they yeah. always go through the whole, like, salvation history, mm -hmm. just like you did kind of at the beginning of this. You know, Stephen does it, and Peter does it several times. And it goes back to this focus on the temple and Jesus saying, you know, that he is the temple. Mm -hmm. And that gets him in a whole lot of trouble. It does, yeah. Because, because of how important. Yeah, yeah and, and you can see why. Because it's really the, the, the temple is the mm -hmm. focus of what it meant to be a faithful Jew mm -hmm. uh, was to worship God in the temple. And so for Jesus to come and, and say, you know, I'm replacing this is either blasphemy or it's truth. Right. But there's really not much middle ground. Right. So they gnash their teeth. Exactly. And come after him. So good stuff. Yes. And I'm looking forward to it. I've, I really am enjoying Crossways. Mm -hmm. um, is, next, is the next year all the New Testament? 
Or no, uh, not until so like probably. See. You can't well, have one year actually, on the Old Testament and one on the New, right? It's not quite. So there's, yeah. So book three, which is what we're going to start here in the spring, is the prophets. Okay. Um, and then book four, which will start in the fall, is the uh, what's called the intertestamental Oh, I forgot period. we have intertestamental. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah, so it's actually post-exilic prophets and intertestamental. So this in the spring, we'll look at the prophets up to the time of the return from exile. Okay. Um, and then in the fall, we'll look at the prophets from the return of exile. So that would be, you know, you're looking at Nehemiah, mm-hmm. Ezra, Habakkuk, yep. those, you know, from those prophets and then through the 400 years between the Old and New Testament. Uh, and then we finally get to the Gospels uh, around January of 2024. Oh, okay. yeah. Wait, how, where do we get the information about the intertestamental period? That's from uh, historical sources. Okay. Uh, so like Josephus. Oh, we do use a, Josephus. Uh, yeah, okay. So we, we'll talk about Josephus and Tacitus yes. and archaeological finds. Oh, my finds goodness. Okay, that'll be interesting. Bringing a lot of Greek history and things like that. Uh, and it's, you know, and again, it's, it's you're trying to, to understand that these books didn't just drop from the sky one day, right. but they were written on the stage of history. And so right. the better you know history, the more the books make sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, very good. Because some of us like history. I do. I, and I, in fact, I will like the intertestamental stuff just because we don't, I haven't looked at that probably since seminary. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's just kind of interesting. Oh, it's great. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. some, there's some crazy stuff mm-hmm. in there, but there's some really great stuff too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got really excited because there's war elephants and how cool is that? War elephants. War wow. elephants. Wasn't that like Hannibal or something? Uh, yes, Hannibal and the Carthaginians, but the war elephants appear with the, the Greek troops. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. just totally cool. Okay. So. Well, it helps even if you, I mean, if you don't love it, it helps to color, obviously, how, you, like I'm saying, how you read the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Because even when we were talking about, like, last week we talked about the um, Ethiopian eunuch, right? Mm-hmm. And here is, like, a Jewish proselyte. Proselyte? What's the proselyte. word? Proselyte. Proselyte, mm-hmm. you know. And we knew that, you know, maybe Queen of Sheba brought, like... Yeah. brought the Jewish faith to the Ethiopians, yeah. and we got that from there. So, yeah. you know, there's things to learn. There is. Yeah. Always and, something new to learn. Yep. And, you know, when you look at a timeline, so the people, the Crossways people have that huge timeline, yeah. right? And when you look at the timeline and you see the life of Jesus, you know, it's this small little slice. Right. But to understand the life of Jesus, you, you have, have to, to really kind so of understand much. the 19th mm-hmm. centuries of history that yes. lead up to it. Right. Um, so... Well, That's you don't have to, I should say. You can no, you can know Jesus and be a believer and be saved by knowing very well, little. True. But it's so much more interesting. It is. To and know you, you have a fuller picture. Right, a fuller picture. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we got to keep it moving here since we have a basketball game, etc. That's right. Okay, we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.